You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and I got a question uh, recently about planes of motion and joint action. So here it goes. Uh, Hi, Rick. I just started my NASM studies a few months ago, and I'm wondering if you'd do a podcast on planes of motion, like frontal sagittal transverse, along with maybe muscle flexion, like dorsi and plantar, etc. I keep getting mixed information, mostly on planes of motion. Uh, can you help me out sincerely? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. I know this is a review for a lot of you. And I also know that a lot of you, uh, this can be very confusing. I know it's confusing. I know it is because in the book, there's somebody standing in anatomical position, which everything, when you go into planes of motion and joint actions starts from anatomical position, which is the person that is standing upright with the palms facing forward. It's like the Vitruvian man that uh, Leonardo da Vinci had drawn where uh, there is uh, a, a male, a naked male body inside of a circle and you see kind of movement and how movement happens. Well, that is the picture. You see this picture of a person and then you see a plane going through uh, front and back and side to side and up and down. And then it says, look, isn't it clear what these things are? And I want to be clear that I am pretty sure that those uh, graphics that you see trying to explain what planes of motion are have never one time helped anybody better understand planes of motion. It makes sense if you already know planes of motion. You go, oh, that makes sense. And if you don't know planes of motion, you're like, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what they're talking about. I understand there is a a plane that is cut through this human body, but what does that have to do with anything? So let's see if we can understand planes of motion and their joint actions, and then see if we can make more sense of what those pictures are in your textbook. And then you can go, oh, now it makes sense after I already know what it means, because it's hard for that to make sense if you don't know. So we talk about planes of motion. There are three cardinal planes of motion, sagittal, frontal, and transverse is generally how we refer to them. So the sagittal plane, sagittal plane is a, you can talk about mid-sagittal plane. It's the sagittal plane that divides the body into right and left halves. So sagittal plane is any plane along that. And what that basically means is uh, instead of cutting me in half in a sagittal plane, because and the reason we do that is because sagittal plane, uh, planes of motion were initially planes of dissection, which becomes a lot more sensible when you get to the frontal plane. So if you wanted a sagittal plane cut to see what the brain looks like, then you would cut from the back of the head to the front of the head, and you'd pull off the side of the head, and you would see what it looks like from the side. Well, I like to say sagittal plane, and when you get planes of motion, instead of making planes through our bodies as if it's cutting us apart, let's constrain us with walls. So I've got a wall on my right side and a wall on my left side, and I can only do exercises that go and keep me between those walls like a game of operation. I cannot touch said walls. So what exercise can I do? Well, I can do certain joint actions from anatomical position. I can go into flexion. Flexion and extension are associated with the sagittal plane, as are dorsiflexion 
and dorsiflexion. No, plantar flexion. So dorsiflexion and plantar flexion. So let's talk about flexion. Flexion is the decrease of angles of two bones around a joint. So I've got a, let's say elbow is always easy. I take my elbow, the two bones around a joint. So I've got my radius and ulna and my forearm, I've got my humerus and my upper arm or in anatomical speech, it's called arm and then forearm. If I bend at my elbow, there's a decrease in angle between two, these two bones, three bones, uh, around the joint. So as that angle decreases and decreases and decreases, then I'm going into greater and greater flexion. The decrease in angle between two bones around a joint is flexion. The increase in angle between bones around a joint, increase in angle. Here's my angle, and then you see me extend my elbow, and that is now elbow extension, flexion, and extension take place in the sagittal plane. Well, Rick, what about if I put my arms here, and then I put them out to the side as if uh, I'm playing airplane, and then I flex my elbows and extend them? Is that frontal plane? extension and flexion? It's not because you take that movement, you put it back into the anatomical position. Every movement gets reattributed back to anatomical position. So flexion and extension only occur in the sagittal plane. Now I can put my arm in a different plane of motion and still move it, but you have to take it back to sagittal plane. You have to take it back to uh, anatomical position and that joint action would be flexion and extension. All right, great. So flexion, extension, dorsiflexion, plantar flexion. Dorsiflexion, when you pull your foot up towards your shin, plantar, when you point it down, those are also sagittal plane movements. That's, that's pretty much it. So flexion, extension doesn't take place in other planes of motion. It does not. It does not. So if you look at elbow flexion, we talked about shoulder flexion, the arm goes up over the head. Shoulder extension, the arm comes down. Well, what if my arms are out in front of me and I row? Well, that's extension at the shoulder from the position that you are in. All right. So if I do a lat pull down, but my elbows go out to the side, well, that's not the sagittal plane. You can do a lat pull down, maybe a close grip, keep your elbows in the sagittal plane. Remember, you've got walls next to you. You cannot touch those walls. Can you do a lat pull down in the sagittal plane? You can. You've got to keep those elbows in tight. And then you can go into shoulder flexion as your arm goes up, shoulder extension as your arm comes down. Well, Rick, what are the two bones around the joint if there's no bone above my shoulder? You're saying that's shoulder flexion. Well, there is a bone. You just, it's a very small flat bone. It's the acromion process. It's part of the scapula. It's that bony shelf right there on your shoulder. So take that bony shelf. And I'm going to take my cell phone because it's right next to me. And I'm going to put it on top of that bony shelf. Great. So now I got this bone that I made look bigger. So now when I take my arm overhead, you can now see the decrease in angle between those two bones around that joint. That's why arms overhead, shoulder flexion, arms coming down, shoulder extension. Bringing your knee up to your chest, that is hip flexion, knee flexion, bending your knee, knee extension, extending, right? Like we straighten our knee out. Those are in the sagittal plane. Let's talk about the frontal plane. So frontal plane, we're going to go back to planes of motion. Uh, we're going to go back to um, planes of dissection, right? So if I somebody was like, hey, uh, let's say several centuries ago, we didn't study planes of motion. We studied planes of dissection. So if you wanted to see what the front of my brain looked like, you might start cutting my skull. 
from one ear all the way to the other. You would pull off the front of my head and you go, there it is right there. You can see my brain from the front. Well, when we do these planes of motion, that looks like it's cutting our body between the front and the back. It's hard to make that make as much sense. So what I do is instead of putting a plane through me, I put a wall in front of me, a plane in front of me. I put a plane behind me. Now, can I do squats? Nope, I cannot. Can I do lunges? I cannot. Can I do bicep curls? I cannot. Because those aren't in the frontal plane. Those are in the sagittal plane. And if I did squats, that's frontal plane. That's a lunges, sag sorry, squats, a sagittal plane, uh, lunges, sagittal plane. All right, what can I do then? Well, anything that allows your, your body and your limbs to move within the frontal plane. So a wall in front of me, a wall behind me, I can do lateral raises with my shoulders. Cool. I can do a lat pull down, right? I go lateral raise, that is abduction. Abduction and adduction are the two main joint actions that are going to take place at, uh, at, at my joints in the frontal plane. Inversion and eversion, even though they're, they're a little more than frontal plane, but I'll throw that in there. Inversion of the ankle, eversion of the foot and ankle. That happens. And then trunk, which is just a side bend side bend, which includes rotation as well, but we're just going to keep it very central, very cardinal and say, this is a strict movement. If we just do side bend, that is frontal plane movement. So abduction. Well, which one is which? Ab or ad? AB or AD? AB, abduct, to take something away. When my arms from anatomical position start to move away from the midline of my body, then that's a B duction. It's abduction. They're being abducted, just like people in cornfields have been abducted by aliens for decades. And then they bring them back. And we're like, you should have kept them. You should have kept them. I don't know. Why'd you bring them back? The ones that y'all abduct are not the ones we wanted here anyway. And they have these weird now extraterrestrial samples of who humans are. We're like, wow, that's what they think of us. Whoa, did I take a left turn? All right, so abduction to take away. Adduct, A-D-D, add, to add back together. My arms were away. Now they've been added back, right? People have been added back to society. Oh, put, them, put them back. So that's frontal plane. Example, lat pull down. As I pull down, concentric phase, that is adduction. As my arms go up, that's abduction. So I eccentrically decelerate shoulder abduction. And then I concentrically accelerate shoulder adduction. AB, take away, AD to bring back. Um, my leg can step sideways. Basically, you can do a jumping jack. You can do a jumping jack and you can do a side bend, right? So A, B, and A, deduction at the shoulders and at the hips, inversion, eversion at the foot and ankle, and lateral flexion at the spine. That's frontal plane. How do you know it's frontal plane? Because I'm going to put a plane, a wall, in front of you. 
put a wall behind you, and I'm going to limit you to that space. What exercise can you do? Sagittal plane. I'm going to put a wall on your left side and a wall on your right side. And anything that you can do to stay within that wall. And you start thinking of exercises and you realize most of them are sagittal plane. Walking, running, lunging, um, the, the crunches, sit-ups, knee raises, back extensions. But you also look at the orientation of muscles on the body. Most of them run up and down on the front and back side of our body. And if they run up and down on the front and back side of our body, they move us up and down towards the front or towards the back. And that's sagittal plane. It's a sagittal plane movement. So now you can see we're sagittal plane dominant because our muscles are designed to move us more in the sagittal plane. What about the frontal plane? Well, the frontal plane is a very good stabilizer for the sagittal plane. And if we get too focused on sagittal plane movement, especially where we do not, and, and transverse plane as well, especially when we do not have to stabilize those things, like a bunch of seated exercises and fixed path of motion exercises, and we don't have to stabilize the joints, then we can be very dominant in the sagittal plane to the point that when we start to try to do functional exercises, which is, means not seated, you know, like um, um, free weights, functional movement, where we're living life, activities of daily living, then we can lose function in our frontal and transverse plane if they're not challenged, which means we lose stability in our sagittal plane. Well, let's talk about the transverse plane or horizontal plane, transverse plane or horizontal plane. Um, and that's the one where you see this, this plane of glass cutting through the body of somebody uh, between like the pelvis and the trunk. So what we can do is you can just take two layers of that instead of saying on top of my head and under my feet, just any section of your body, right? So if I put my arms out to the side and I move them across my body in front of me and clap my hands together out in front of my chest, and then I open my arms. So like a pec fly or a rear delt fly, those are transverse plane movements. It would be horizontal in a pec deck if I'm doing a fly or a dumbbell fly. As I bring my hands closer together in front of me, that is horizontal adduction. As I bring my hands together, it is horizontal like a rear delt fly, abduction. I'm abducting my hands from each other. They are getting farther apart in the horizontal plane. I can't say ab in the adduction because that is owned by the frontal plane. So I have to qualify it by saying horizontal or frontal abduction, frontal plane adduction, horizontal AB or adduction. So in the trunk, I can do rotations in the trunk because the joint actions are horizontal AB and adduction and rotation. When I rotate my shoulder, internal and external rotation, that is a horizontal plane exercise or movement. Rotate my trunk, that's the horizontal plane. Horizontal AB and adduction, a horizontal plane bench press Right? My arms are out to the side and you go, oh, wow, isn't that sagittal plane? No, the movement at my shoulder joint is, is rotating around a vertical axis. That is a horizontal plane movement. It's basically a fly, but then you start moving your elbows. If you look at your shoulder joint, it's very, very similar to the movement in a fly. It's the same joint action. You just added another joint action at the elbow. What's the elbow doing? Flexion and extension. 
because that's a sagittal plane joint action. Horizontal abduction, horizontal adduction, rotation. I can do hip internal and external rotation. My forearm movement, pronation and supination, that would take place, again, go back to anatomical position. That is a, a transverse plane movement because from anatomical position, as that radial ulna kind of flip back over each other, the radius flipping back and forth over the affixed ulna, pronation and supination of the forearm, horizontal plane. Uh, I hope this was helpful as kind of a refresher for some of you, and then maybe clear some things up for others. So again, we've got sagittal plane flexion and extension take place, dorsiflexion and plantar flexion take place in the sagittal plane, frontal plane, abduction and adduction, inversion and eversion. And then the transverse horizontal plane is horizontal abduction, horizontal adduction, and then rotations. Um, and then of course, the, in the frontal plane, you also have side bends of the trunk. So you could say lateral flexion, uh, and that could be a joint action as well. Anyway, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. Leave a review. Leave a review. Uh, I, I'd appreciate that. NASM appreciates it. And then it also allows me to be like, all right, let me read some of these reviews. And I appreciate the kind words. And then some of you say, hey, Rick, you say um too much. And I'm like, ah, oh, son of a. Uh, I should really stop doing that. Sorry. And then I work on myself. So uh, also give me an idea of what episodes that you liked and I can kind of cater and say, hey, let me answer some of those questions. You got a question for me, you can reach out to me. Hit me up at rick.richie at nasm.org or you can email, uh, you can DM me at dr.rickrichie. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.